Under any prolonged stress, it's totally normal to burn out. It's just that we don't always recognize that that's what's happening to us. And this pandemic has been a very prolonged stress for all of us. Welcome to the Shrinks After Hours, the last Tuesday of the month where we kick back and just chat about topics we think are important for us to learn about or just to talk about. I'm psychologist Cindy Ariel. And I'm psychologist Julie Mayer. Come on in. Yeah, so Julie, here we are over two years later and COVID-19 is still responsible for more and more illness and deaths. It's had life-changing impact for all of us. Pandemic burnout is only one of the effects, but one we feel is important enough to dig into here, right? Yes, I keep hearing about it um, from clients, from friends, from everybody's talking about feeling burned out. But also, the reason we want to talk about it is because there are a lot of people who don't even believe it's a real thing, but it is real. And it isn't just you and me, Cindy. (laughs) (laughs) No. The World Health Organization... WHO, calls it COVID-19 fatigue, and it warns that it could lead to a longer, even worse pandemic. And like I said, lots of my clients are complaining about it. It's a thing that we need to focus on. Yeah, I keep feeling like the pandemic and all our adjustments to it aren't sustainable, but at the same time, I guess they are sustainable because we have to sustain it for however long it goes on. It's not really a choice. It's not really a choice. We're stuck with it. Pandemic fatigue affects almost everything. Motivation has really been affected. People feel tired, tired of dealing with constantly changing demands and the uproar about masks and vaccines. They're tired of working. They're just tired of everything. And of course, there are a lot of people who just quit and they don't even often have another job to go to. Yeah. You know, Julie, life is always constantly changing. We know that, but This is unprecedented in our lifetimes. How much can we keep up with? And sometimes it creeps up. And smacks us in the face, right? Like Delta and Omicron. (laughs) Yeah. When the pandemic first started after the first month or two, when people figured out how to keep working, employers were surprised to see the kind of work production that was happening. You know, people were really doing a good job working from home. The problem was once the long haul needs set in, that production kind of slacked, not because people didn't want to work, but because focusing on making sure our means of earning a living was intact took a lot of energy. It did take a lot of energy and it was a scary time. Yeah. Everyone had to switch to technology-based platforms for tons of stuff like teachers and therapists. And it's definitely not something that psychologists are good at technology (laughs) in general, (laughs) that math. And We wondered, would the insurance companies cover the sessions that were now remote? Would people be able to benefit from therapy on telehealth? And how long would it last? 
yeah, all that. After the initial panic of whether or not I'd be able to earn a living if I couldn't get to work, I did fall into a routine with it and felt on top of it. In fact, I felt pretty strong and went on with it for a full year. By the end of year one, though, I knew I needed time off when I started to wake up and not be sure what day it was. Yeah. I think a lot of people are feeling like that a lot now. You know, proud of their accomplishments. It was challenging and we rose to the challenge, but really, really sick of the routine without breaks, without changes, without changes of scenery. Yes. And probably like a lot of people, I kept adding and adding stuff, you know, got a puppy, filled my work schedule, helped someone move to another state, planning an outdoor event that can still work if it rains because of the pandemic, rehabbing the house. It all takes a toll. So I had to step back and give myself more space to relax. I I really felt I was reaching my limit and I didn't think I had those kind of limits. Cindy, that's a lot of stuff. <laughs> that is a lot of stuff. What did I do? I bought some furniture because I'm home all the time now. Yeah. Did some landscaping because I don't want to look at my neighbors. Housed my son and his girlfriend for a few months. I had a project where I collected baby items for immigrant and teenage moms. And I cooked a lot more than I used to, but I have hardly, hardly taken any time off. Exactly. The workday just keeps getting longer because it's easier to, oh, you need to see me. Well, I have seven in the morning. Sure. Why not? <laughs> I'll be here. <laughs> I actually, yeah. So I take time off periodically and it really does help. And I find it super important. I definitely recommend it. Otherwise, people get really exhausted. I talk to so many people who start to feel unmotivated, just so tired. Yeah, me too. And that tiredness, it's physical and emotional. You start to feel emotionally drained, which sometimes also translates into not wanting to do much of anything, not even feeling like you can think of what you want to do. Irritability, questioning things that you took for granted, like what is the purpose of my life? <laughs> and I see lots of people getting lost in games on their phone. Yeah, this sort of gets us back to the whole pandemic burnout thing. Those are common symptoms and there are some other ones besides lack of motivation and tiredness, and they're all interconnected with each other and in general with our overall mental health. Right. Usually people think of burnout in terms of job performance because that's one of the places where it's most common and also one of the places where overall life burnout can show up most noticeably. It's obvious when you're not working at work. <laughs> if you don't have energy or motivation in general, though, it's hard to be all there for your work, of course. It's hard to pay attention. It's hard to concentrate. Which sounds and looks a lot like depression, which can also set in and complicate things. Yeah. Anxiety and depression are also on the rise as a result of the pandemic and the longevity of it all. Wondering if it's ever going to actually end. Wondering how our futures, everybody else's future, the futures of the next generation, how that will all be affected. We can't predict when or even how the pandemic will actually finally end. And we can't count on others, apparently, to do their part to help it end. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, when things are unpredictable, people feel there's no control over our lives. Some of the initial motivation towards the beginning of the pandemic back then was based on anxiety and the fear that we'd get sick or not have to work or even have food. People felt lucky to have jobs and didn't want to lose them. That's true. But many others got laid off 
or they had work, but they were scared of getting COVID at the job because they had to interact directly with people. Yeah, I heard on NPR the other day about a woman who got sick, got herself tested for COVID, and then got herself fired because she told her boss when the results were positive. So of course, none of us wants to see businesses going out of business because of shutdowns or not having enough staff, but there has to be some balance when it's coming down to literally people's lives. Employees need to feel valued and engaged and and able to say they have COVID if they do. Yeah, that sounds like such an unfair situation. She tells her boss the truth and gets fired for it. That is just wrong. I mean, if people are concerned about losing their jobs if they get sick or worried about getting sick on the job or just struggling in some way through their every day, you know, that's going to affect their job effectiveness in a really negative way. They're going to get worn down by the constant anxiety and our well-being increases our work productivity. Yeah, a lot of people have lost jobs or have had to stay home when they needed to work. Of course, this has led to lots of economic uncertainty food insecurity, and isolation, all of which obviously has people feeling more stressed and overwhelmed. Oh, yeah. And some of those people had to stay home when they really needed to work because their kids were home and they had no child care. And that is such a stressful situation just in itself. And then add to that the fact that pandemic burnout has people even less willing to comply with the health guidelines than they were initially. And the health guidelines from the CDC are a little bit confusing right now. So that makes it even worse. As the pandemic drags on, more and more people are getting tired of the restrictions like mask wearing and social distancing. Yeah, and I think businesses are getting more wary too because they've already lost a ton of money. So my friend yesterday was telling me her daughter who works was working in a bar and working hard, managing it, doing all kinds of work, got really sick and couldn't work for weeks, but her tests kept coming up negative. So then, you know, they told her she had to come in because she didn't have COVID. So she did finally get a PCR test and it was positive. But then, you know, she ended up quitting because of the way they treated her about that. It was just terrible. And, you know, that's a whole other issue when people develop longer COVID where it doesn't go away after a week or two. And then they have to deal with their jobs. A lot of people don't believe that they're that sick for so long. That's a whole other. Yeah, it's terrible situation. Yeah. Just in general, regular people growing tired of inconvenient public safety measures is natural, but it's also prolonging the pandemic. Yeah. Wanting not to wear masks and simply stopping the practice of health safety measures, you know, social distancing, everything are way different. Yeah. Under any prolonged stress, it's totally normal to burn out. It's just that we don't always recognize that that's what's happening to us. And this pandemic has been a very prolonged stress for all of us. So let's talk about how people can deal a little bit. You have to try to keep up with some of the positive routines you're used to. You know, basic things like healthy eating and sleeping give us the fuel we need every day to get through every day. Exercising, even just going for walks is important for physical and mental health. We know this. Absolutely true. You do have to keep up with the positive routines and also relationship stuff. People have different relationship needs and whatever yours are, you just need to kind of mindfully keep up with it. It's harder right now to make new meaningful relationships. Of course, you can't just hang out at a crowded bar or comfortably go to a party, but plenty of people are finding creative ways to meet others even now. 
It's true, Julie. I've had several patients meet new friends, significant others, and even lifetime partners during this time. Mm-hmm. It does take a lot of time and energy and some creativity, but it also is what fuels you and it could be worth it. Absolutely. I think without connection, you're way more likely to feel isolated right now and, and more burned out. So, you know, we recommend as psychologists, reach out to your family and friends, maybe even a little more than you would normally, just to make sure you feel connected and you get your needs met. It's important to make sure your relationships are nurturing for you rather than using you up (laughs) and using up what little bits of resources you still have left. Yes, because also the pandemic and pandemic burnout contribute to the risks of increasing unhealthy or addictive behavior. All the extra stress you may be feeling can lead to more anxiety and depression, which of course shows up for a lot of people in symptoms like disordered eating or substance abuse issues. Oh, it's true. There have been big increases in substance use during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. It's actually its own pandemic. And unfortunately, it's because it's such an easy reaction to stress, but a really dangerously unhealthy one. Yeah. That's one reason we have to make sure to incorporate relaxing and enjoyable activities into our day. Every day, if possible, though, that is asking for a lot. You know, maybe they take a few minutes, but it's something. Mm -hmm. It's so important to try healthy ways to manage our stress first so that we don't become dependent on the unhealthy ones. So I think our episode about mindfulness for the pandemic could be really helpful with burnout, Mm -hmm. practicing deep breathing, meditating, or Simply just paying attention to the present can give short-term relaxation and in the longer term, some resilience. I totally agree. I mean, as we mentioned in that episode, mindfulness can go a long way to help people to maintain their resilience in lots of situations. And we definitely need that resilience to make it through the marathon that we're in. I mean, even something like five minutes of breathing on a regular basis, you do it in the morning, maybe you do it at night, you close your eyes. It's like a muscle, you know, and you, and you breathe in, you hold it, you breathe out. If you just practice that, the state you get into gets more readily available. It's like a muscle. It gets stronger, the more you practice it. And then eventually you can get to that calm state when you really need to. Yes. And also sometimes when life feels overwhelming and things feel scary, it helps to check in with the present moment. And remind yourself, at least for now, things are calm and safe and okay. Absolutely, Cindy. Actually, that's what I say to my clients who are you know, calling me in panic attacks. Everything is okay in this moment. I am not in a crisis. They kind of have to make a mantra out of it and say it a lot. Yes. Some people find it helpful to write in a journal or to keep a diary of positive experiences during the day. And there are also some other things you can do if you're feeling burnout by COVID-19. Even before COVID, people were limiting their time on social media and the amount of news and information they were reading or watching because it's so toxic. With the onslaught of COVID information on top of everything else, this can be a helpful strategy for a lot of people. It's something you can control for yourself at a time where a lot of things are out of our control. You can limit the amount of news you read or watch to an amount that's reasonable enough to let you know what's going on, but doesn't have you obsessing or losing sleep. Also, pay attention to your sources and choose them wisely. Fear-mongering and drama only create more anxiety, which adds to more fatigue. Right. And as news, as the pandemic kind of goes up and down, depending on whether we're in the middle of Omicron or in a lull, so do feelings of burnout and fatigue. The length of the pandemic, it's all wearing on us. Vaccines 
back when we first got them brought tons of hope. And then of course the new variants bring more uncertainty. So we feel better with the vaccine. And of course there are fewer people on ventilators partly due to better treatments and better understanding of the virus now that we've had it for two years, but we can't forget it's still been so hard for people and there's been a lot of grief and loss and it's just hard to keep going. It really is, especially like in the summer, we were going out to eat and starting to do more things. And then in the fall, things were restricted and shut down again. Employers and business owners, of course, want to go on with business as usual, and their bottom line is hit hard again. So a lot are experiencing long-term anxiety and depression as a result of all this uncertainty. It is getting harder to keep up with and follow protective guidelines. So many things are frustrating and we just don't even have any clear answers right now. Another person was telling me that their nine-year-old daughter was asking questions like, when is it going to be over? You told me three weeks and it just keeps going. You keep telling me it's longer and longer. Why don't all the kids and teachers wear masks? Kind of insinuating her mom's been lying to her. Kids are tired. People are tired. Yeah, I think her mom was probably just trying to keep her hopeful. Yeah, (laughs) Well, in the beginning, we all did think it was three weeks. Remember that? I I barely do. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I do worry about how this two year plus Mm -hmm. uh, pandemic will impact children in the long run. I've heard there's been a tremendous increase in anxiety in kids. And so I don't know what that means for long term mental health. I feel a lot of compassion and sadness for the kids. I mean, think about it. A large portion of their lives has been during the pandemic, living in fear, watching their anxious parents wearing masks so that you can't see the bottom half of people's faces and much more socially isolated than is good for them. I mean, how could they possibly understand what's going on? We can't even. It really is. It's hard. For a lot of us who work at home, it's critical to set boundaries that help us feel healthy and empowered and separate home life from work. Things like working regular hours instead of a million hours of overtime, which I already just said I do. Uh, (laughs) Me too. (laughs) taking breaks and even vacations, which I'm also trying to do. It's harder to travel during the pandemic, but staycations can work too if you really avoid your work and your work email and change your routine a bit so that there's a true separation from your everyday workday. I'm lucky enough to be able to have a room in my house that's dedicated to my work and I only go in there when I'm working. Otherwise, I'm home. If you have less space, you can still do something like that by using a certain desk or table or chair only when you're working. That's a good idea, Cindy. In a lot of ways, it's gotten harder to separate work and home life during the pandemic, and it takes a toll. It takes intentionally looking at your priorities and routines and making adjustments that you, by trial and error, figure out, serve you better in the situation that we're now in. A lot of us are working more and having longer days because there's so much need out there right now, especially for therapists. Right. Like you mentioned before, although, I mean, there's always been plenty of patients to go around for all the mental health providers. But yeah, I'm, I suspect we're going to need more. A lot of people are working long hours because of the fear that work could stop any minute. They're working longer and not taking needed breaks or time off. And all of this is complicated by the idea that at work, we're not supposed to have any personal issues or needs, but it's all one big blur now. Yeah. And we do have to look at people holistically, even at work. I get that it's not the business or employer's problem if someone's having difficulties at home, but it can be. It will affect the person's work output and therefore the bottom line. So it's hard to balance that, but unless we only think people should compartmentalize the whole personal side of themselves, which I guess is what they used to do, 
we have to allow some room for humanity. Oh, I totally agree. Mental health is as important as physical health for work productivity and satisfaction, and they can't be separated from each other, really. Yeah. So in fact, just like schools can be a first point of mental health support for children and youth, your job could be a place to get support rather than penalized for having personal problems. Of course, that isn't the way it works. So we wouldn't suggest you try this until we first work on the stigma that would surround such an initiative. I like that idea. I, there are some organizations that offer EAP. EAP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this kind of, you know, brief, a few sessions with a therapist who sort of works as a consultant to the organization, but not enough. So I'm assuming that this is true, but I can't promise you that the pandemic shall pass at some point, one way or another. But resilience and our ability to face challenges with self-care skills will always be important, no matter what, in our lives. Life will continue to throw more challenges our way. And don't forget, it shows strength to know when you need support for mental health. So reach out if you feel like it could benefit you or if things are just feeling too tough. And right now, it can take a little while to find someone to help you, but keep trying. I do believe the pandemic too shall pass one day. But if you're not sure where to start to find help to cope during these pandemic times, there are a lot of resources online and you could possibly start there. You can also ask a friend or a trusted professional like a doctor or your clergy person. Cindy, we know that it will take a long time to recover from the full impact of this pandemic and the recovery will have to be at every level for it to really be complete, physical, emotional, and financial. And obviously, as psychologists, we want to make mental health a priority. Mm -hmm. But it's also an evidence-based point of view and good common sense to make mental health a priority. And it's just so important to feel okay. We hope you will all work on feeling okay. Thanks for listening. You can find us at shrinksonthird.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at shrinksonthird. Till next time. Take care. Thank you.